My name is Nick. Good morning. I'm a student pastor here at Holland Chapel and uh, usually get to speak to students each and every Wednesday. I count it a great privilege to be up here this morning. If you're in the room and you are one of our student volunteers, I just want to take a moment and say thank you very much. We have over 45 adults that meet uh, over there each week after a hard day's work and love our students. And so thank you very much for doing that. We are in the middle over there of a series called uh, Clear Vision in a Blurry World in which we're looking at God's Word for clear vision for our students and uh, His direction for their lives. And this past Wednesday, we had a big uh, big Wednesday. We had a mission trip reveal. So if you're a parent in the room, you might want to check out the bulletin and uh, talk to your students about summer missions because we just revealed those dates and uh, things are going great in HCSM, partly because of our awesome leaders, but also because you have some really, really incredible students who love God. God and his word, and so I enjoy being with them each and every Wednesday, but this morning we are in part two of a three-week series called Money Talks. We're learning how to manage our finances and our resources in a way that honors God and can ultimately change our lives, and that's what we're going for. That's why we're doing this series that's not, as Kyle said last week, it's not to get more money, it's not so that you'll give more, it's so that you can let God's word change your life as you learn how to manage the resources that he's giving you. Given you. Last week, uh, we talked about less is more. I hope many of you are cutting back. I hope that you've taken that challenge and began to cut back. We came across a uh, little kink in the plan last week because uh, when multiple families hear the same message and the same challenge to cut back, what happens is you begin to cut back and then your brothers or sisters-in-laws uh, bring a pile of hand-me-down clothes to your house. And so you've gotten rid of some stuff and then there's some stuff coming because they're also cutting back and then it begins to pass down. But hopefully eventually it'll all get passed out of the family and we can cut back. Um, we enjoyed a little bit of laugh about that last week as things started showing up in my office because they were cutting back and we are cutting back and we are taking on hand-me-downs. Uh, I want to challenge you to continue to keep cleaning out. Keep cutting back. Trust that less is more. Ask yourself, are you chasing the wind for more stuff or are you chasing the things in life that really matter? Uh, each Wednesday, we begin our, our uh, lessons with a scenario, and I've really enjoyed doing that with our students. I ask them to imagine this day, and I walk through a day in the life of whatever it is that we're talking about. And so I want to challenge you guys to do the same thing this morning. Uh, put yourself in this situation and imagine with me, if you will, that you wake up, and it's Tuesday. As you're getting ready for work, the first conversation you have is about which bill is due tomorrow and how you're going to pay it. Uh, you begin to wonder, do you make another withdrawal out of savings? Do you round up some cash from all the piggy banks around the house? Do you ask a family member to help you out? Do you use the credit card to pay it, or do you just resolve to pay the late fee? You also need groceries, so there's not much for breakfast as you rush out the door, and you rush out never really making a decision about that bill. You get to work, and instead of noticing the people around you or actually getting some work done, all you can think about is how fast that paycheck is going to disappear come Friday. Lunchtime comes and all the guys or all the ladies are going out. And you don't want to tell them that you can't really afford to, so you agree to go and then you pay on the credit card. You get back to work and it's not long before your spouse calls and reminds you about the soccer game that's going on that evening. And uh, you really want to go because you worked overtime on Saturday and had to miss that game, but you'd already kind of planned to, let the, to, to work as late as the boss would let you work so you could get a few more hours in tonight. And by the time you get home, your kids are in bed. You've decided on a solution 
to that bill that's due tomorrow, but two more have come home uh, from, from school with the kids, and another one has shown up in the mailbox. And that's when your spouse asks you what you had for lunch. An argument breaks out, and you begin to talk about who spends what and how you spend too much, and you stay up most of the night crunching numbers trying to work out a formula that doesn't end in red. And then you finally go to sleep so that you can do it all over again in a couple of hours. Unfortunately, some of you don't have to imagine very hard because that may have been your last week. Or for many of us, that takes you back to a time when things were much tougher for you financially. Unfortunately, the truth that we see in this story, many people know all too well. And that truth is this, that stress is bad. It takes over your life, it, it grabs a hold of you, and it will not let go. And you can't focus on the, on the day that God has given you to enjoy and to use for His honor and His glory because you're too stressed out. Stress actually comes from a word meaning to strangle, to constrict, or to choke. I like to think about it like this construction zone out here. We don't have to imagine this very hard because we drive through it each and every day. A couple of years ago, it would have been nothing to drive in front of Holland Chapel. But now, uh, you have to wonder, is the, is the wall on this side of the highway or is the wall on that side of the highway? And then sometimes the wall's on both sides, and then you throw an 18-wheeler in there, and guess what? The margin disappeared. That's when stress shows up in our lives and our finances, when the, when the margin disappears. When, when we have no margin, stress comes. It constricts us. It, it strangles us. It, it chokes us, much like it does out here on the highway. It's pretty, pretty easy going to drive with no walls, but when the walls come in or that 18-wheeler drives up beside you, all of a sudden there's no margin, and in comes stress. That principle applies in our finances, and we realize that stress is bad. We all understand that fact. Here's what ways we deal with it. Usually, for a little while, many of us want to just ignore it. Uh, you don't want to know what's going on. We've learned the hard way that those conversations that you get into, they're not going to end well. They end in frustration. They end in anger. So you just want to kind of push that away for a little while. Maybe you're embarrassed about it and you don't want to talk about it because of a mistake that you've made financially or something that you've gotten yourself into that you don't want to think about. Or maybe you just don't want to know how bad it is, and, and that's, that's kind of me. That's, uh, that's, that's my world. I, I just don't want to really know. Just don't tell me. I'll, I'll be okay. Uh, my wife, she takes care of our finances and handles all the receipts, and usually it happens like this, that I'll pile some receipts up in my wallet, and then uh, she comes for them to balance the checkbook and, um, and check things out, and she'll go into my wallet for the receipts, and I disappear for a little while. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to be around when she asks what this charge is for, what that's for, and then I'll slowly kind of peek back into the room and see how our afternoon is going to be, see if, see if we're in a good mood, see if we're good, in a good situation financially. Uh, I, I'm the one that just wants to get away from it. Just don't want to don't want to know how bad it is. I don't want you to think that I'm up here preaching because I've got it all figured out and I'm going home later to count all of my money. That's not it at all. Financial stress leaves us all feeling hopeless and helpless. And Solomon warns us about this in Scripture. This verse on your screen, Proverbs 22:7. Solomon says, "The rich rule over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender." He tells us right there this, act, this attitude, this response that's going to come when we become the borrower. All of a sudden, the borrower, we're a slave, we're in bondage. And none of us would sign up for that, right? We, we don't want that kind of way of life. We don't want to, to be in bondage. That right there sounds like constricting and strangling and a, and a chokehold. The good news is that we don't have to be that way. God wants better for his children than for us to always live 
in financial bondage. He gives us a, a, a great, great promise in John chapter 10, verse 10. It's coming on the screen now. The Bible says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now what that means is Satan, the thief, he wants us to believe that we need more, more, more. We need to keep up with our neighbors. Our kids need the latest this or the latest that. You fill in the blank, it's probably different for every household. For one, it's the latest shoes. For another one, it's a car. For another one, it's the video games or it's a phone. Satan wants us to believe that we've got to have those things. And that way of taking the thinking takes away or, 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 or t- causes us to have stress, anxiety, and worry. But the backside of the verse, Jesus comes that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, he didn't, it doesn't say in there, Jesus came to, not, uh, to take away all of our bills and give us more money than we can imagine. No. He came so he can offer us a better way of life. He came so that we wouldn't worry, be, uh, be worried about chasing more and more and more. He wants us to pursue the things that really matter and do it with joy and with peace and with purpose, with freedom, not stress. What I love about uh, the God that we serve and the God that we love, and I've said this from this stage before, is that he knows, what, he knows who we are. Like he knows that we're not perfect, and he knows that we're going to deal with these things. He knows that, that we're just people. And so he gives us his word to give us promises and hope and a plan. He doesn't just say, don't worry, but instead he gives us a plan, and it's found in Philippians chapter 4. It's a very familiar verse to us. We look at this verse uh, rather often. But God knows that we're going to worry and be stressed, and so he gives us a plan in John chapter, or Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Look at the blessings that he's given you. And then you will experience God's peace, which is the exact opposite of the stress and the worry and the burdens that are causing us to be uh, strangled day after day after day. It says, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. What I, when I think about, when I see this verse, is that worry is our signal to pray. God's plan is that when you worry, you can go to him in prayer. And there's certain things in our life that gives us signals. I, I grew up in the, in the day when we had to be right in front of the TV if we wanted to watch that show. For me, it may have been Saved by the Bell growing up, or whatever it was. You had to be there to see it. Uh, and then later on, you... The VCR comes around and you could, you could record it, but you had, to, you, had to, you had to be there and hit record. And then you could watch it later or whatever. So for me, one of the greatest inventions in the world is the DVR. You can, uh, you can just go about your day and know that it's taking care of your shows. You don't have to worry about it. And with the DVR comes this incredible uh, option that you can skip commercials. And so for me, the signal when I see commercials on TV is to hit the fast forward button. That signals me to fast forward. Uh, just like when you see a yellow light, for you, it may signal you to push the gas pedal. For others of you, it may signal you to push the brake. It may be different inside the same car. <laughs> one of you is saying slow down, and one of you is saying speed up. The low fuel light, uh, it signals you to get gas. Or for some of you, it signals, hey, I've got about 40 more miles, and then I can, then I can coast into the gas station. But it gives you a signal either way, so it's telling you, when you see that low fuel light, it's telling you, hey, it's almost time to get gas. When your stomach growls, it signals you it's time to eat. When someone's phone rings in church, I was waiting, I was hoping it would ring. All week I've hoped that a phone would ring right there. It didn't happen in the first service either. But what happens when a phone rings? 
you pull your phone out to check your ringer. It signals you, oh, I better check my ringer. Maybe you're at church or at a, at a school function, and every time a phone rings, inevitably I reach in and make sure my ringer's turned off. Listen, God has given us this plan that when worry or stress creeps in, anxiety creeps in, you start to sense that, your signal response is to pray. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. Anybody in the room would admit that you're a worrier? Anybody want to say, yes, I, oh, that's me, that's me? I got good news for you. If you're a worrier, the good news is that you should know how to pray. It's simply directing your worries to the one who can do something about it. Like, why would I want to waste my day over and over and over again thinking about all the things that are coming and they overwhelm me and I cannot enjoy the day that God has blessed me with because I'm worried about all these things when God says, give them to me and he can actually do something about it. So if you're a worrier, you should know how to pray. You might say, well, Nick, I, I am so stressed out, I don't even know where to start. Like, do I tell him about my bills? Do I tell him about my family? Do I tell him about this job problem? Do, you know, I, where do I even start? Or, or, or I don't even know what to say. There's an author and a pastor named Craig Rochelle, and he suggests three prayers to help us with financial stress. And that's kind of where we're gonna, what we're going to talk about uh, the most of our time today is these three prayers that we can take and go through our day. And when we sense worry, stress, anxiety, we can pray. And now we can kind of know what to say. The first one is this, God, give me self-control. God, give me self-control. And before we go any further, uh, I need to make this little disclaimer. It's no secret that one of the greatest threats to marriage is not seeing eye to eye financially. Like when you got one as a saver and one as a spender, or, or, or one thinks we should buy this and one thinks we should buy that. And so if you're in this room and you're a married couple, you might want to say it this way. God, give us self-control. And as we go through these prayers, uh, change that me to us. Because this, this needs to be something that you do together and that you go to the Lord with together. So you may need to add us in there. Proverbs 25, 28 says this. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Much of the book of Nehemiah is about the distress that Nehemiah felt when he received the news that his hometown, Jerusalem, the wall around Jerusalem had been broken down. And so much of the book is about Nehemiah's effort to rebuild this wall because he knew the danger that the city was in with no wall. And many of you know what happened when the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down and they, and they were vulnerable. They were able to go in and defeat Jericho because the walls were down. Proverbs tells us that a city without walls is completely vulnerable to attack. And he compares a person without self-control as that thing that's vulnerable. Vulnerable to what? What is attacking us in the world we live in? I would suggest to you that it's these things. Sales. 75% off. 50% off. Buy one, get one free. Sales are attacking us. And here's the deal. They can be deceiving. These are some actual pictures that I took. I like to go around when, I'm, when I see something funny. I, snake, I take a picture of it so I can remember the hilarity of this. So I don't know if hilarity is a word. I just made that up. I like that word. Uh, this you have here is a decorative bin from Target, your local Target in Bryant, uh, it was $4. But today, it's on sale for $5. You can buy it for $5 today. Save 99 cents, actually. This is another one. It was Christmas time, and there was a run on Fisher-Price toys. They were 5% off. Now, I would submit to you that we see the sale or the red, and we know what it is. Each store has its own sale logo, and you see that, and you're drawn to that, and, and sometimes you don't realize that, I mean, you're saving 5%. <laughs> it's not really that much of a sale. And so they can be deceiving. 
I found some other things online that I wanted to share with you that I think are pretty funny, and I think you'll relate to this. This relates to Hobby Lobby. I really need to go to Hobby Lobby. I don't know what for, but I'll figure it out when I get there. Anybody need self-control? Here's another one. You don't go into Hobby Lobby because you need to buy anything. You go in and let Hobby Lobby tell you what you need. I tried to be fair and put the guys on notice too, but um, nothing's ever on sale at Bass Pro. I couldn't find a sale. It doesn't stop you from buying it though, does it, guys? I skipped one. I wanted to tell you. Somebody said that Hobby Lobby puts a potion in the air vents that makes you lose track of time and buy things you don't need. I think that's hilarious. And I think that we can relate. I asked, we were talking about it in the office, statements that we hear, phrases that are said in our homes. And uh, one pastor said that he doesn't like to hear this when somebody uh, comes home and says, guess how much I saved? Because then his next question is, well, how much did you spend in order to save that much? And my line that I like to say is, uh, Tiffany, can you believe this was only $5? And Tiffany will say, who would pay $5 for that? <laughs> but it was only $5. It was calling my name. I had to, it, it made me buy it because it was only $5. Here's the deal. We've got to learn to say no. We need self-control. The prayer is, God, give me self-control. There's nothing wrong with buying something that you can't afford if it's agreed upon. If you agree, up, agree upon that thing, you, you, know, you save up your money. You, there's nothing wrong with buying good stuff. If you had a plan to go out this afternoon and spend some money, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. The, the problem comes when stress comes when the line is unclear or when the spouses aren't in agreement or, or when the margin is taken out. That's when the stress comes in. When you're buying something that it takes out your, it eliminates your margin, that wall comes up, that 18-wheeler drives in beside you, and all of a sudden now, there's no margin, there's no room for error, and stress attacks. Some of you in this room, no doubt, have said no, and now you're in a position to say yes. And that's where we want to be. That's where I want to be. I look at your life, and I think, man, I, I want to do it that way. And I think that, that uh, Kyle would agree, that's, that's why we're doing this series. We want you to be in a position to say Yes, we want you to be in a position to give. We want you to be in a position to help people. And now all of a sudden, a coworker or a family member is in need, and you can help. Or, or now all of a sudden, you're able to go on that vacation that you've only ever dreamed of. Now, every time your kids are out of lunch money at school, you're not stressed out. Did you know they send text messages now when you're low on lunch money? We, it just adds to the stress. I got a text the other day uh, from the school, from Benton Junior High School, and it said this. Your child, Caitlin Nicole, Kate. Uh, where I don't know where she's in here somewhere, but Caitlin Nicole is out of lunch money. You have a, and it, listen to the stress level of this text. You have a negative balance of 45 cents. It doesn't stop there. It says, this needs to be brought current immediately. I mean, stressing me out. We're, we're negative. We're in the hole of the lunchroom. <laughs> it attacks you from everywhere. But you don't have to do that. If you say no for a little while, you can say yes. Those little things, or even the big things, they won't bring the stress. They won't choke it. They won't, they won't, they won't strangle you like it would if there's no margin. Say no to yourself for a little while so you can say yes to the rest of your life. But here, say no not just for yourself or to relieve financial stress, but as a teaching opportunity. 
I'm so grateful that my parents taught me that happiness isn't found in the latest this or the latest that. They were in here in the first service, and I was able to tell them that. Um, and, and, and I'm so glad. We never did without, but we got, the, we got whatever the latest thing was just a little bit later. <laughs> we got the latest a little bit later. Everybody else had moved on to the Nintendo. We got the Sega. Uh, we were just a little bit behind everybody else, but I want to tell this story to, to share with you how my parents um, taught us that, that, that happiness isn't found in these things. Uh, it was 1993, I was about to turn 16 years old, and uh, you can imagine back to when you're 16, you, you know, you, you're, you're expecting this car, you're wanting a car, right? And the only question really is, is it going to be given to you like it's on the commercial with a bow on it, or uh, maybe a, a car keys on the Christmas tree, or or whatever, and so I would go to sleep at night imagining something to the effect of this. And wondering, uh, you know, is it going to be red? Is it going to be black? Now, I'd take a white one. I don't remember if the beach was in my dream or not, but it, it was for the picture. So, uh, so I, was, I was really hoping that on the 16th birthday, I was a pretty good kid. I mean, I didn't get in a lot of trouble, and I thought, you know, I think they're going to take care of me. They're going to get me what I want. And then 16th birthday rolls around. And this just happens to roll into my driveway. <laughs> 1979, Pontiac Grand Prix. What you don't see in this picture is the sweet spoiler on the back. <laughs> they taught me, though, happiness isn't found in the latest this or the latest that. It's just not. And now... I'm content driving around in my truck that I have to roll the window down to let myself out, which is really only inconvenient if it's pouring down rain. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm content with that truck. And I'm passing it down. My son drives a truck that's got 250,000 miles on it. I'm passing the love down, teaching that, that money is not happiness. Dave Ramsey says this. Dave Ramsey says, if you live like no one else today, then one day you can live and give like no one else. That's what we want. Live like no one else today so that one day you can say yes. You can live and give like no one else. You can have margin. You can have freedom. So the prayer there is, God, give me, give us self-control. The next prayer is this. God, give me understanding. God, give me understanding. Many people do not understand how numbers and debt works to hurt you. And, and, and for the most part, this is probably, as far as the numbers and the number crunching, I had to, to get a lot of help on this. I understand the principle, but I don't understand all the, all the numbers involved. Uh, Kyle said last week that people walk into a car lot or a furniture store, or wherever it is that they're going to put something down and make payments, they don't really care about the end cost. They just want to know the payments and the money down. I'm guilty of that. Like, I, I've done that before. I've walked in and I've said, I just want to pay this amount. I want to pay $300 a month, even if I have to finance it for 87 months. I just want to pay $300 a month. But you don't realize the, the, total, the total price that you pay in the long run. The prophet Hosea, he wasn't addressing finances specifically when he said this, but I believe this is a statement that we can learn from in Hosea 4, uh, verse 6. It says, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. And I think that's us to a large degree, understanding how numbers work for or against us. The latest statistics I found say that more than 40% of U.S. households carry credit card debt, excluding the people who pay their balances in full every month, because I know there are some that do that. Take that out. The average debt is $9,333. 
Now here is where a lot of people go wrong. Many families carry that burden for decades, paying $100 a month or the minimum payment every month. And they don't realize that if they just pay it off uh, in a year or the quicker the better, they would save thousands of dollars of interest that they pay over the long haul. They carry that burden for decades. Did you know that you can pay a balance of $10,000? I said the average is $9,333 or something like that. You could pay a $10,000 balance off in a year. Now, it would be a high payment, so don't lose me when I say this. But if you make payments of $900 a month, you could pay off $10,000 in one year. It would be extreme, but it would save you from paying nearly 10 times that amount with minimum payments. And we're like, where in the world would I get $900 a month? Live like no one else today. So you can live and give like no one else tomorrow. You may have to cut out cable for a season. You may have to not eat out for six months. You may have to, you know, carpool. Who knows? If you if you worked your budget and you found a way to scrounge up some money and pay off that credit card bill, you would save yourself thousands of dollars in the long run. Cut back, say no for a little while. How about numbers when it comes to saving? The the other end of the spectrum. I'm guilty of going in behind a two dollar coke every day. Sometimes twice a day, maybe. If you, Kyle's laughing, I'm always carrying one in. If you save $3 a day, invested at 3%, which is doable for 30 years, $3 a day for 30 years, you could have $52,000. $3 a day. Live like no one else today. Say no for a little while. Here's a little formula you might want to write down money plus consistency plus time equals wealth or financial freedom, whatever you want to say there. Money plus consistency plus time equals wealth. The prayer is, God, give me understanding. Help me understand that. Help me get my mind wrapped around that. So then I could pray this next one, the third one. God, give us a plan. God, give me a plan. Proverbs 21, verse 5. It says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. God, give me a plan. The author of these prayers, uh, Craig Groeschel, he says this statement. You can wander into debt, but you never wander out of debt. You can stumble into debt, but you never stumble out of debt. You can mistake your way into debt. But you never mistake your way out of debt. We need a plan. It's not going to happen by accident. You're not going to one day wake up and all of a sudden your credit cards are paid off. All of a sudden you got all the money you need. All of a sudden those walls just, well, it might work on the interstate. One day we'll, one day we'll wake up and the walls will be moved. But it doesn't happen that way in your finances. You need a plan. Start somewhere. Save $3 a day. Get rid of 100 things. Sell something. Sell everything. No matter what kind of stress you're looking at. No matter how bad you've messed up, no matter what kind of mistake you got into, no matter how far behind you are, you can honor God with a plan and say, God, you've blessed me with what I have. You've given me these finances, these resources. I want to honor you with using it the best way that I know how. I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to do a little bit at a time. I'm going to, I'm going to, just, I'm going to change my life a little bit. I'm going to cut back. I'm going to save. I'm going to honor you with a plan because you've blessed me, and I want to be the best steward of what you have blessed me with. Say no for a little while so you can say yes for the rest of your life. Each Wednesday, um, another thing we do on Wednesday nights is uh, I don't think a week has gone by where we don't 
have the students reach under their seats and open up their Bible. Uh, it's usually the, the passage that I really want them to see for themselves in print. And so as we get ready to, to offer you some next steps, I want to ask you this morning, we haven't opened up our copy of God's Word for anything, but I want you to see something specific in Scripture today. So if you don't mind, take just a second, look at 1 Peter chapter 5. And I want you to leave here, uh, if you don't leave with anything else, I want you to leave with 1 Peter chapter 5. And I'm going to offer you some next steps as we, as we wrap our time up here today. The first one is, maybe you just need to release some stress and some worry to God. Maybe it's just taking over your days. You can't get work done. You're worried about tomorrow. You're missing the relationships that are around you. It's, it's messing up the relationships that you're in. Um, you're missing out on the people at work that need your attention. You just need to give that worry and that stress to God. And maybe it's not financial stuff. And that's why I wanted you to see this verse. Because there may be people in this room that's got it together. I'm sure there are. They're not worried about it. They've said no. And now they're in a position to say yes. And they don't really have a lot of financial stress. Maybe theirs is, is, is family related. Maybe theirs is health related. And so I wanted you to read First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 7 with me uh, before we get out of here today. And look what it says. It says, cast all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. So whether it's health, whether it's finances, whether it's family, whether it's job, whatever it is that's causing you stress or anxiety, that's, that's, that's causing you to miss the moment that God's placed you in because you're thinking about the future or you're thinking about the what ifs, you need to know today that God says, cast all your anxiety upon me. All of it. It's not just a financial verse. This is talking about anything that's causing you to miss the moment that he has put you in. Another next step this morning is to ask God for self-control or for understanding or for a plan. Ask God to help you wrap your mind around that, uh, those numbers that just that go crazy. And you, you see, I, in my mind, I see like a, a calculus problem or something up there, and I can't wrap my mind around it. Maybe you need to ask God for some understanding, some, some godly people in your life that can give you some, some advice. Or maybe you need to ask God to help you to formulate a plan. Or maybe it's just to ask God for self-control. Say, God, just take away those temptations. Help me not to see this, the sale signs this week. Help me to realize what I'm blessed with that I never get to use because I'm always out looking for the next thing. Ask God for self-control, understanding, or a plan. And then before you leave, you need to know this, that as bad as stress is and as painful as debt can be, we can get out of that. Like, you can do it. You can take one step after another, after another, and you can get out of that stuff. But we've got another problem that no amount of work can ever cure. We've got a sin debt that we owe that no amount of working can get us out of. But here's the good news. God had a plan. We're asking God to give us a plan. God had a plan. We've got a sin debt that we cannot work our way out of. We can't save our way out of. We can't give our way out of. But God had a plan, and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth to live perfectly, to die on a cross. He rose again not just to give us eternal life, not just to save us for eternity, but to give us abundant life here and now, to give us joy and peace and happiness and, 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 and the ability to go to him when we have worry or stress that creeps in, because we're going to. And you need to know today that the most important thing for you is not to clear out that debt, but it's to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this morning, 
If that's what you need to do, you need to just not trust Jesus with your stress, but you need to trust him with your life. There's going to be some very kind people in the back corners this morning, and I'm going to pray a prayer in just a moment, and, and, and they would love to point you to Jesus. If you have financial, if God's working on you financially and, and, and trying to help you formulate a plan or, or, or get some advice, that they're not Edward Jones back there, but if you need somebody that's a, that will hold you accountable, if you need somebody to listen, if you need somebody to pray with you, they would love to have that conversation with you. They would love to point you to Jesus. They'll be there for you. And as I pray, if you need to move, uh, just as soon as I start praying, just feel free to go back there. Find one of those people. Let's see how they can point you to Jesus so that you can look more and more like him. And don't miss this. God puts you where he puts you today, tomorrow, next week, so that you can be used for him and so you can point people to him. And if all we're worried about is our problems, we're missing it. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege to be here this morning and the privilege to share your word. Lord, I pray for the people uh, that are in this room that are just burdened with whatever, and maybe not finances, but whatever is weighing them down, Lord, that they would leave here knowing that there is a God who cares about them. There's a Savior who wants to save them. And there's a friend, and his name is Jesus. Lord, I pray they would recognize that this morning. I pray for those who just need to make financial decisions. They need to commit to honor you with the plan, that they would do that before they leave here this morning. They would spend the afternoon maybe looking into their finances and see how they can say no for a little while so that they can say yes to giving and generosity and freedom in days ahead. Lord, thank you for Jesus. In his name that I pray, amen.